Exciting news. We've reached the arrival of zero investing. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions. He's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Oh, I know I sound like a nut job saying it that way. Oh, yeah. But if I could play like 2001 Space Odyssey music uh-huh. on top of it, we would do it if we could, if we just didn't get in huge trouble because you can't play, as I found out at Podcast Movement, can't play any music. So on you're anything. saying we're, we're like, we're in a new dimension. Something new has happened in the financial we world. We have crossed a threshold that I've, I've actually, I'm going to take credit. I've been talking about this for years. That there's a price war that's been going on, and we've been on this march towards zero. And what I mean by this, I want to give you guys some perspective. I've been managing money since the mid-90s. When I came out of school, worked in public accounting, and started managing money in the mid-90s, the average internal expense ratio of mutual funds was around 1.5%. That sounds, that sounds high. That, that sounds that expensive sounds really now, doesn't right it? Now, yeah. You have to remember that if you stack on what the advisors make, the internal expense ratio, and 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 the trading fees, right. those trading fees. I mean, investing used to be so much more expensive. We have gotten technology innovation, and then the straight up price war is making investing so much better for the average consumer. And we are in the middle of it, and it's so exciting. So you're probably wondering why is Brian so excited? Why is he talking about zero? What does he mean? August 1st, so we're recording this in, at the beginning of August. August 1st, Fidelity Investments unveiled that they had two broad-based index funds that will operate without annual expenses, charges. And, and it, what I mean, no expense, zero expense, they mean no expense ratio, no additional charges, no fees appear. And this is not just a temporary thing. It's, it's not uncommon to see that you have temporary fees waived. And when companies say that they're going to do a temporary fee wave in this price war, you know that they're just trying to get an edge on one of their competitors, but it's probably going away. This was actually released to the regulatory agencies as a zero fee, meaning this looks like it's truly going to be permanent. So help me understand. I'm not doing this. By the way, I have one more zero. The minimum investment is zero. So, okay. How is that possible? I want to say, so you're normally the more cynical one. I'm generally the more upbeat, optimistic one. But this just sounds too good to be true. Nothing is free. Help help me get my head wrapped around how is this happening? How is this even possible? Price war, because you got, let me give you the players. We got Fidelity, which they just, they threw down the gauntlet. You got Vanguard. You got BlackRock, who has all the ETFs. Right. Um, and then you got Schwab. You know, because Schwab, Charles Schwab is very similar structure to Fidelity, and they're all kind of in this thing, and they all want that title. They all want to be able to say, we are the low-cost provider, because we're on this march where innovation, everybody wants to say, hey, come one, come all, we are the low-cost provider, and that that's what's led to this. So, and, and, and I want to give, I know I keep going deeper, Bo, but I just, I got to share the, the, the just materiality of this experience. Okay. Most wars, because we're talking about a price war here, you're worried about the casualties. You realize that this is one of those unique situations where the casualties, there aren't any. The actual, we, the people, are the beneficiaries 
And there's all these consumer benefits for this price war between all these behemoth financial organizations. And your army of dollar bills, even though they're in the middle of this battle, are actually getting stronger. It's going to be more of your soldiers are out there working for you. So, okay, I'll get to your point. You want to know how can Fidelity do this? Yeah, I just, look, I, I, I don't get it. It doesn't, I, I, it doesn't make sense to Let me, me explain. Because I, I, I posted this on Twitter. And, um, you tweeted it. Is that what youngsters call it? I think you're supposed to say you tweeted it. Well, when I do this, now realize, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you probably realize I have a lot of other financial advisors that I'm friends with that are also on Twitter. And I guess they're tweeting too, if we use your, your terminology. But um, and one of the guys that I, I used to work with, brilliant guy, was in the Navy, nuclear engineer, decided nuclear engineering wasn't exciting enough, so right. he got into asset management. And he made the point, because I was, just like I'm excited about this whole Fidelity thing right now, he says, you realize they're going to be able to make money through other products. And I'm paraphrasing what sure. he said. And, and he's exactly right. Because Fidelity is kind of like a superstore financial product. So you think about they're known for their 401ks. They're known for charitable giving accounts. They're known for, 401Ks. they do lending. I mean, they do all kind of other things that they are known for a lot. They're hoping that, I'm not going to say it's a loss leader because I don't think they will take a loss on this. I think they will make it up through other products. That 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 is what's going on with Fidelity, is I think that they are planning on that this will be an introductory product. Sure. That then they, once they get in that wallet, they, they'll get more share of the wallet in the future as this person grows. So it's a free sample. I don't think it's a free sample, and because uh, I'll get into details in a minute, but I, I'll go ahead and share this. These two funds, because the, the two funds is the Fidelity Zero, that's right, they put in the title, Total Market Index Fund, okay. the Fidelity Zero International Index Fund. You see what both of those funds are. Broad-based indices. Very broad-based. So, I mean, that's going to be for somebody who's looking to just capture the straight-up market. And we all know, as you get bigger, more sophisticated, and larger, you're going to need more diversification. Not just because, look, you're going to make lots of return with these type of investments. Sure. It's just you need more diversification to limit risk. Sure. That's what you're not worried about return at that point. You're worried about risk. Right. So that's why I think that there will, there you'll use this as an entry product. And then they know as you go up the food chain, more successful that, that you'll use some of their other products and they'll make money. And then there's also this practice. Most people don't realize index companies, companies that do ETFs, do index funds, they, they actually have to go buy these securities that support this index fund right. that they've created. And we have big organizations like Fidelity. Now, Fidelity claims they're not doing this on this product yet, but they will, they can borrow off of this and actually make a profit. They can lend out the securities that make up their index sure. and actually profit from that. You are CFA. You know all yep. about these type of things. But, um, and then I also, I wanted to put out there, that, think about the goodwill benefit from this. F Fidelity is one of the largest 401k providers out there. And I don't even know if they're going to put these zero funds and make them available in 401ks. Right. They very likely will not. But just from the fact of goodwill, of if you're a company executive, if you're a Fortune 500 company, and you're saying, well, who do we choose for our 401k? And you hear, that's the home of the zero funds. That's going it's to pretty exciting. push yeah. the needle a little bit further in the direction sure. of Fidelity. So a lot of you guys are like, wait a minute, is Brian a complete Fidelity fanboy? I mean, what's going on here? Because we don't do products here. I say that just because I don't want anybody to think that this is a, a, an advertisement for Fidelity. It's really more of a, a reporting of a huge 
thing that yeah. has occurred, a threshold we've crossed. But I think it's important so that you know that we looked at all sides. I, there was a Bloomberg piece that came out just today that was talking about what, how has the competition responded to fidelity. So let's kind of take this. Because normally the war, kind of fun. when one side yeah. shoots off at the other side, other side retaliates. Generally speaking, I mean, I'm not a war expert. So are we counting? Are we counting on all things going to zero? Is that where we're going with it? So let's look at Vanguard's. Here's here's Van, Vanguard's quote. I feel like they're the ones who started this, right? I mean, aren't they the kind of the weren't they kind well, of the ones the very front of this? Bogle did something pretty incredible when he set up Vanguard in their index funds, and the fact that and Bogle is not he's wealthy, but he's not like mega billionaire wealthy sure. because he structured Vanguard to be owned by the investors. It's not owned by Bogle. It was owned by the investors. So profit is not their driving factor. It just keeps pushing things cheaper sure. and cheaper. And, and that's a good thing for the consumers. But but it, it is kind of funny to see how Vanguard responded because they are one of the big players in this push towards low-cost investing. And this is their quote. Quote, I think investors always have to ask themselves... When they see an offering like this, what's the catch? That's what I ask myself. Said Greg Davis, who's Vanguard's chief investment offer, uh, officer. So now you ask yourself, well, does this mean they're going to follow? Because, right. you know, they, they, obviously Fidelity's cut this thing down to zero. This was Davis's reply. Do we pay attention to the competitive environment? Absolutely. Are we reactive to what one competitor does? Absolutely not. Sick burn, Vanguard. So I, I like that. That's a good response. I, I will I, tell I, you. I, you can tell PR wise, he had absolutely and then absolutely not. It, it kind of it's one of those earworms that I, I thought it was well structured. We'll so, so, so well done, Mister Davis. We'll see if Vanguard does not come out with a zero fund. Well, they, and they might not because I mean it's it's one of those things. They're already pretty pretty cost effective sure. with it, with their investment holdings. BlackRock, who is known for their iShare ETFs, mm-hmm. this was their quote. We have zero plans for zero-fee ETFs, according to Martin Small, head of USI Shares. These PR companies are really good in terms of get it, getting their, their language out. A lot out. of zeros awesome. in uh-huh. that. So and then here's Charles Schwab. Charles Schwab said, quote, by the way, they would not respond to Bloomberg directly, so this is just taken from a statement. Um, Charles Schwab said, quote, anytime costs go down, investors win. And that was from spokesperson Allison Wertham. And I, here's my prediction, though. It's the money, think, guy, money guy's take this is, this on how the, the money war is going to shift. I think Charles Schwab will probably be the player that follows Fidelity. Okay. And the reason is, is because Charles Schwab is very structured very similar to, to, to Fidelity and the fact that Charles Schwab, Fidelity, superstore financial mm-hmm. products, they're going to use this as an introduction to try to capture market share. They both kind of swim in the same pond. Yeah. I mean, so I, I think that makes sense that they, they have the same market to gain. It's Fidelity, so they're not going to let Fidelity have that 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 benefit. All right, so it's out there. We know about it. Uh, if I am an investor, how do I use this? Do I just go sell my portfolio and just go buy a bunch of zero funds and pay nothing? Yeah, what's the actionable answer? steps here? I think I think that's a good question. So let's let's take a, the first thing. If we were putting these in, and I think we wrote down three actionable things you need to go do. The first one was take a closer look at your current holdings. Um, if you're already util, utilizing kind of the low cost providers, here's the truth of the matter. Um, the reason we knew that we were probably headed towards zero is that because of index investing, and that, that really is what's changing the world, every $100 you invest in an in- index fund that's like at a Fidelity, a Vanguard, has been less than a dime for a while. We, we've been talking about right. pennies for a while. I mean, there's two, there's 
.02, I mean, yeah. these things were already dirt cheap. So if you look at these funds, um, I need you to think about it more. These are very broad-based indexes. I mean, we got total market index. We got total international index. I mean, this is going to be for people who are just starting out with investing. I think if you are one of these people just starting out, you want risk, you want access to equity markets, this is going to be great. As you get further up the food chain, you need diversification. It's more nuanced on the risk you're willing to take for the return that you're going to make. You know, those things, you're going to focus more on the diversification. And there's a chance you already are using really low-cost index funds that are focusing on the sectors you want. So those probably people might not need to make a change. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is, you know, the, the, the two things we always talk about that you get to control when it comes to investment management, comes to your portfolio, are taxes and fees. Yep. But what I'm hearing you say now is, uh, just like you should not let the tax tail wag the investment dog, meaning you shouldn't make investment decisions solely based on the tax implications, you also should not design your investment strategy or your portfolio solely around the fees that you're paying. It's one part of the equation, but it's not the sum total of the equation. No, because, I mean, think about this. If you're somebody who's in your 50s, 60s, 70s, it's not just risk tolerance anymore. You have risk capacity. You don't want to get stuck in a portfolio where you lose such a large percentage that it affects your behavior. It also just, it's not... That's optimized not the best thing. Situation. It's not optimized. But I think if I'm a 20-something-year-old, this is pretty exciting stuff <laughs> if you're starting out because you're getting access to some pretty efficient markets for, for, for free. Sure. I mean, it's not even cheap anymore. It's actually free. Now, there's going to be a group of you that go out there and look, and you're going to look at your internal expenses and look at your portfolio, and you go, whoa. I mean, these guys are talking about pennies on every $100. On, but, I mean, I'm still paying dollars, or I'm still paying... You know, a big chunk. I yeah. mean, if you look at the internal expense ratio, and it is at one percent, and it's not doing something pretty spectacular. Right. You, you know, you, you probably need to ask yourself, is this where I need to be? Cal- you know, calculate the then the total internal expense ratio right. of your full portfolio, and if that number is over a half a percent, you have to say, well, you know, is this thing? Am I, I am keeping right up place. with the trends? And and then that's the the second thing you know because that's the first thing is take a closer look at your current holdings and that leads into step number two which is educate yourself or at least have players in your corner and I'm looking in our direction when I say that players play to, on to, to to know that are maximizing the trends the geopolitical as well as just the technology and industry shifts that are going on because you don't we see prospects that come in and their portfolio looks like a quilt. From 1999, with the highest flyers, with yep. the, you know the commissions and all the other stuff that was going on back in 1999, or, or Kiplinger's top 10 best investments yeah. of 2001. So make sure you're keeping. I mean, because these things trends are changing. Let me give you some stats. We did a show six months ago on the difference between commissioned and no load funds, and I want to just give you a few of the stats that came from that. Um, the internal expense ratio that was in equity funds. Back in 2000 was 0.99. The average now is 0.63. Okay. Still not free. Right, right, right. But I'm just telling you. So we've had a decline of 36%. Bonds went from 0.76 to 0.51 at the end of 2016. That's a decline of 33%. Sure. But look at how investors are getting smarter. Over the past 10 years, the market for for front and back-ended loaded, loaded shares, meaning commissioned mutual funds, shares. 
had a $1 trillion in net outflows. Wow. So people are leaving those types of investments. $1 trillion. In meanwhile, mass and listen to this. Meanwhile, same period, no loans had net, no loads, meaning no commissions, had net inflows of $1.95 trillion, Almost a $2 double, trillion, yeah. Double. Um, I mean, that, that's just incredible. If you think about number of increasing from 51% of mutual funds in 2007 to 67%, at the end, year in 2016, that's incredible if you think about that no loads are starting Huge. to dominate the mutual fund marketplace. Um, you can also use, if you don't know where to go figure out the internal expense ratio or what you're paying, go use sites like Morningstar, Google, Yahoo Finance, and you can understand the fees, the commissions you're paying yep. on those type of funds. And then the last thing we, um, we want you just to know. When you're looking at your expenses, looking at your portfolio, remember you always have the ability to vote with your feet. Mm-hmm. If it, if a change is needed um, to to go, you know, you have options. But just and this is the CPA and me coming out. Make sure you understand the tax ramifications. I will tell you. Sometimes we've had opportunities where we've wanted to sell a fund mm-hmm. that was bought seven years ago, ten years ago, but the gain is just so big. Right. You have to really measure twice on, do you want to incur that tax change? If it's in a retirement account, you don't have to worry about that stuff, but I'm talking about taxable That's accounts. Right. These things are something you consider, but you can vote with your feet and you can make changes. Just be smart um, before you just react. But pretty exciting stuff. I get so happy when I see innovation actually creating deliverable things that you can use within your own financial right. products and, and, and portfolio and build that financial freedom you so dreamed about. So hopefully you love the content of the show. We lo- try to love on you, give you the gift of this free advice. And all we ask in return is that if you like what we're giving you, when you get to the point that maybe you do need more diversification, you want to make sure you're keeping up with the innovation mm-hmm. and trends, that you'll pay us back by giving us a chance to look at your portfolio and seeing if we can be your taking it to the next level relationship. Yep. I'm your host, Brian Preston, Mr. Bo Hanson, moneyguy.com. If you have any comments or thoughts, make sure you leave the comments down here on YouTube or even let us know by going to our Contact Us page on moneyguy.com. Talk to you soon. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment or legal advice.